He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Let's make America great again. John McLaughlin, our pollster uh, for Trump, did a poll last night, and uh, it's a one-night sample, so there could be mistakes, but their demographics are really solid, and I think it's pretty accurate. He shows that Trump has gained five points since the indictment came out. Now, he's not actually been indicted till Tuesday, and there'll be a big hoopla when he goes to, quote, surrender, but even in advance of that, He's moved up five points in the Republican primary poll. Good for him. He's still five ahead of Biden in the general election. But in the primary, he was beating the field, all 13 candidates or potential candidates, by 46 to 23 two weeks ago. Now he's beating them by 51 to 21, 21 being DeSantis' vote. He came in second. So Trump's vote has risen from 46 to 51. And in a two-way race against DeSantis, it's gone from 61-31 to 63-30. So he's moved up two points in a head-to-head duel with DeSantis. Now, from a polling point of view, I can't tell you how unique it is, how amazing it is for a candidate to get a majority of a 13-way field where all of the other candidates have name recognition of at least 25% or more, and where they all have basically favorable favorable ratings. That is, they're not underwater. In other words, if he, even if he was ahead, it would be 20% and everyone yeah. picks up the rest. He's exactly. getting majority. He's getting, getting 51%. Amazing. 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 And, you know, you look at the other candidates, Pompeo and Haley and those folks, they all have net 10 or 20-point positive ratings, and they all have name ID of at least 25% or more. Right. And to be able to completely win a majority against that field is unbelievable. It's almost, I've almost never seen that. And uh, it indicates an incredible depth of support. But because of Alvin Bragg's action indicting Donald Trump and treating him to this lead, we would like to offer a musical tribute to Alan Bragg. That's son of a bee. Uh, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. You cry all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Crying all the time. Well, you ain't never heard a rabbit and you ain't no friend of mine. Oh, God, 
While we're on the subject of hound dogs, I'm joined by my good friend Doug DePiro. <laughs> Why are you calling me? A who hound is dog? an artist, who is a Renaissance man, and, um, and a hound dog, and occasionally hound dog. <laughs> hounds Why, I me. Like in, women. I hounds me enough good. sometimes. <laughs> now, Alvin Bragg is not entirely to blame himself. He is a puppet of the Democratic Party. He's a hitman. He's a contractor, in effect. And when he was elected, pledging, winning the Democratic primary by four points, his key thing was that he threatened to, not threatened, he promised to get rid of Trump, to get Trump. And uh, he deployed the resources of his office to do that. Then when he became district attorney and he faced the actual likelihood of having to prosecute Trump, he took one look at the case and said, I don't want to touch this case. It's based on an informant who's an indicted felon. Uh, it's the, the, it's not really a crime. It's not really a felony. If it's not a felony, the statute of limitations is long since passed. Correct. I'm not touching this case. It's high profile and I'll be embarrassed in the whole country. But then the Democratic establishment closed him down. Uh, a member of his staff who had worked on the case was angry that he wasn't going to indict Trump and resigned and wrote a book a best-selling book uh, about the trial, about the investigation and lambasting Bragg for not prosecuting Trump. And on the strength of all of this, Bragg came forward with the indictment. So, Diego? To keep up his heat So he never thinks straight About the shape that he's in But it ain't him to blame He's only a pawn in their game that's what he is, only a pawn in their game. He's weak. Weak and vulnerable and completely flipped himself. And by the way, not only he, but the Department of Injustice, uh, controlled by Biden, yeah. decided not to prosecute this case. Um, and and it's, it will, we'll talk in a minute about how shaky the legal theory is on it. I always wonder if any of them think for themselves. It always seems like they're, they're well, bumper stickers, these people. Well, they think for themselves when their reputation's at stake. And uh, Alvin Bragg will be a laughingstock around the country. He can't get elected dog catcher. He probably could in New York City. So basically, you, he's not thinking for himself right now, then, is yeah, what well, you're saying. Yeah, well, he's thinking of himself. Right. <laughs> Right, and bringing the indictment because, because of the, the liberals that give won. him a ticker tape parade down Broadway, <laughs> and unanimously elect him and, mayor of New York and Hollywood. Yeah, and yeah. he'll have book contracts and movie deals. And how I got Donald Trump Could will you be imagine? his best-selling book. So he is thinking of himself. Hmm. But now that we've given Bragg a musical tribute, I would like to give uh, Donald Trump the one. great man. And he is still the same. Hasn't nobody's gotten to him yet? 
and this is not going to get to him. Trump is going to whiz right through this. You know what? You know what I said, right? This is a statue you cannot tear down. Yeah. Well, this is Donald Trump. He's a statue you are not going to tear down. The um, Trump uh, will come through this fine. I was with him last night at Mar-a-Lago, and um, to give you the idea of his emotional concern and his. Uh, his weak state of mind, the only <laughs> thing he said to me was, how am I polling numbers? <laughs> and I said, fine, sir, you're beating him by five points right, more than you did before your and, indictment. And huddled up. He's yeah. like, how am I polling numbers? How, how, how am I, I doing? Think, I think I told him, I think everybody should get indicted. It's really good politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for your character. Yeah. It, well, it's good for your numbers. Bill's character. So, um, no, he was, uh, he was aggressive. He was, you know what these sons of bitches are doing to me? And he went through the whole thing, but it was a tone of anger and desire to win and determination to prevail. There was no sign of quailing. There was no sign of weakness. There were no trembling knees going on here. Not crying. Uh, a great deal of confidence. And he should. The legal issues here are very clear. Let me just explain them again. Um, Having adultery is not a crime. <laughs> Don't worry, Bill Clinton. <laughs> um, paying hush money to a person and getting a non-disclosure agreement is not a crime. What is a crime is making a mistake in your business records, deliberately or not, and listing a payment that should be listed as a business expense should be listed as a campaign contribution, instead calling it a business expense. But that is only a misdemeanor. And the statute of limitations for misdemeanors has more than lapsed. It's a two-year statute. This all took place five years ago. The only way that this could possibly be a felony is if the DA can prove that Donald Trump did mislabel the contribution or the don't the payoff, uh, it deliberately in order to conceal an entirely other crime. Now, obviously, is no other crime. He did this because he was embarrassed, and he's married, and he didn't want, he's running for office and all of that. So Bragg's theory, apparently, we have indictments still sealed, is that the other crime he was covering up was a federal campaign violation, that he paid money, which shouldn't be a violation anyway, it's his own money, but that that was the crime he was covering up. Now, that's insane uh, because it's a federal crime. That's a federal campaign finance law. The state can't enforce that. What business has the state enforcing it, much less citing it as a basis for a state indictment and moving the indictment up to a felony? And what's the statute on state? Is on state is a state is five years for a felon for so a felony, but two for a misdemeanor. So, like you said, the statute of limitations here is a statute they're never going to be able you to tear down. Good, I love it. And uh, I'm make a bumper sticker. Yeah, and uh, it is just ridiculous legal theory. And then there are all kinds of other things that they indicted him when he wasn't in the state, and a bunch of other things that aren't all that important, but there are so many things that he can use to get off of this. Diego? I'm only willing to hear you cry because I am an innocent man. 
Now, this indictment is being brought in the People's Republic of Manhattan. And uh, the Democrat uh, candidate for president, Biden, got 88% of the vote in Manhattan. And Bragg got 88% of the vote in the general election in Manhattan. So how the hell can we assure him of a fair trial in Manhattan? We cannot. We cannot. And uh, therefore, a change of venue motion uh, is a very good one for them to bring. And I understand that they're doing something really cool, Trump's lawyers. Instead of saying, move this to Oshkosh or someplace, they're saying, just move it to Staten Island, Boom, right across, across the, the river. Yeah, yeah the, the same city. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Staten Island uh, votes evenly, and there's a reasonable chance of a fair verdict. Now, venue change motions are normally hard to win. But when you combine the venue change motion with the statute of limitations, with the failure to articulate a felony, with the with with all of these issues, I think there's a very very good chance that it gets dropped and that it never sees a trial. Good. If it does see a trial, then the issue is, of course, what do you believe Michael Cohn, uh, who said who his ex lawyer said he wouldn't tell the truth if they put a gun to his head. But let's explore a little bit after this, the biased jury pool. We'll be right back. This is the Dick Morris Show. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Well, if there were ever a song that's appropriate, when not Georgia, of course, when New York, but the the hanging innocent man, the lights went out there. The uh, judge has blood stains on his hands, <laughs> partisan blood stains, blue blood, red blue blood, not red blood. <laughs> but um, but clearly, the if there was ever a case that cried out for a change of venue, this is it. Now, the problem is that any judge that grants a chain of change of venue motion might as well move. Uh, <laughs> or change his party. Yeah, well, no, couldn't change his party, move. Because we're not just talking here about a political ostracism. We're talking about his friends will never speak to him oh, again. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, he'll never get another Christmas card except <laughs> one with anthrax on it. Yeah. And uh, Like Dershowitz when he really did. really putting yourself at make, painting a target on your back. Uh-huh. So... We may not get justice in this thing until there's an appeal. But for there to be appeal, there would have to be conviction. There was another point that um, – um, who is the woman who was on the show with me like, just a few minutes ago from Newsmax? Um, Jesse James? No, no, the other one. Uh, anyway, she made this point that it takes a long time to have a trial mm-hmm. and then a long time to file an appeal. And during this entire period, Trump will find it difficult to campaign. 
and his liberty will be dependent upon a judge's willingness to let him go out and campaign. Right. And the judge who would rule on that is the same biased SOB that might have rejected the motions in the first place. So he really is, to a certain extent, entering a meat grinder here <laughs> in New York State. He being State. any judge that helps yeah, move. and right. the former president. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so there is jeopardy here, not as a result of the merits, but because of the bias. Let's go to Daniel in the Bronx. Hi, Daniel. Hey, Dan. Hi. I have three questions at this time. My first question is, of the five potential indictment cases, I hear... Hello? Are you there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Of the five potential indictment cases, I hear the Stormy Daniels hush money case is the weakest of the five. Why it is. would the Democratic establishment start with the weakest? It just started because Bragg jumped the line and uh, he was under pressure to do it. And it's the only one that I think is a local case. Uh, but I don't know beyond that. What's your second? Um, why did uh, DA Andy Bragg not pursue the um, case regarding Trump allegedly um, inflating his asset values? Well, that's a civil case. That's not a criminal case. Uh, that's a civil complaint brought by the New York State Attorney General. Uh, saying that he defrauded the bank. And the bank isn't suing, but the state is. And uh, it's not a criminal case. And what's your third one? And my last question, if you were um, representing Trump as an attorney and um, the judge orders a gag order, I'm concerned about the fallout. Uh, What legal advice would you give to Trump? I am absolutely sure that a gag order on a presidential candidate would not be upheld on appeal. I would take an emergency appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, and I bet they would grant that. How can they impose a gag order on a presidential candidate? But that's a good question to ask, Daniel. Yeah, very good question. I appreciate that. Let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Hi, Judith. Hi, Judith. Hi. Hi, Dick and Doug. I have a, I have another song for you from Elvis, okay? It's called It's Now or Never. <laughs> now or never to say, listen, I ha- this is my theme for today. It's now or never to save America, okay? And I yep. have a suggestion. And before I do, just to get this in, just to get it cut off, just you should know that DeSantos, he should divorce himself from the o- former Obama money backers. And I have a reason why I'm saying this for my suggestion. And before I even say my suggestion, Dick, you know, the IRA, take a look. Take what's going on just now. The IRS politically targeted Mike Taibbi for reporting inconvenient truths about January 6th. Or you look at trumped-up charges against President Trump just using yeah. the judicial system for political weapons. Well, let me, let me finish. Listen, listen. This entire Biden administration, this government is totally corrupt. They're hijacked by the communists. Yeah, I, and I know that, Judith, but you said there's some new material you had. You, you, you introed this with something. So here's my suggestion. I'm suggesting a Republican dream team where DeSantos says uh, he's against political hit jobs. He will now run with President Trump as vice president. Yeah. Nikki Haley, Pompey, Vic, Judith, Vicky, we've been, Vicky, we've been over this. We've been over this before. I Let me just repeat it. It is illegal for same for person for two people from the same state to run for president and vice president. Uh, it's not illegal. They can do it, but the electors cannot vote for them both. 
So none of Florida's 28 electoral votes could go to Trump and DeSantis. They could only go to one of them, and that could make the difference between winning and losing. So just drop that idea. It can't happen. But thank you for calling, and thanks for your other point, which I think is is really good. Now, let's understand how unprecedented this is. It has There has never been a president prosecuted after he left office. Uh, and and the, the precedents are incredible. Start with the fact that Lyndon Johnson was almost indicted uh, for the crime of bribing the FCC to get a license for WLBJ, his radio station, and then TV station in Austin, Texas. And there was a grand jury meeting on it, and the prosecutor was presenting evidence on November 22nd, 1963. And you're entitled to infer any motivation you want in that, but that is the fact. 63, you said? 63, yeah, the day he was killed. The um, <coughs> Life magazine's cover for that week was a Johnson indictment, question mark. Uh, now, apart from the assassination, Johnson was not indicted. Then came uh, Richard Nixon, and Gerald Ford pardoned him on a million different felony counts, probably seven or eight separate felonies, and he pardoned him on all of it. Ford pardoned Nixon. Nixon, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then you come to Reagan, who was implicated in the uh, Rain-Contra scandal. There was a law called the Boland Amendment that made it explicitly illegal to give funds to the Contras, the anti-communist Contras in Nicaragua. And uh, Trump and Reagan violated that by secretly selling arms to Iran and using that money out of a sort of private piggy bank to fund the Contras. That's great. And he could easily have been indicted for that. The only reason that he was not is that he said it was a lapse of memory. <laughs> and when he, No, no, seriously. And when his Alzheimer's came through, became oh. public, people began to say, yeah, well, that's what it was. But the point is they didn't indict a former I remember, president. I watched every one of those. Then George H.W. Bush, Bush 41, took money from the Commodities Credit Corporation, which was a, a Department of Agriculture com- uh, operation uh, to fund farmers. And he took extra money from that and used it to buy weapons secretly to arm Iraq in their war against Iran when we were siding with Iraq. And he was not indicted for that. And then Barack Obama went before he was president, uh, bought a piece, bought a house with his wife. And part of the, and in addition to the house, they bought a separate space from an empty lot next door. And the mortgage money for that separate space was paid by a guy named Joe Rezgo, R-E-Z-K-O, who was, who was being investigated and eventually went to prison. Uh, and the charge was that he discounted the mortgage amount and he, exa- he overstated the mortgage amount so as to give the Obamas more money than they were entitled to. Right. And then Rezco gave Obama $150,000 for his campaign. So none of those people were indicted. Mm-hmm. And obviously Hillary Clinton skirted very close to it oh many times. The, and none of them were indicted. So this precedent is, is generally inval, inval, in, unviable, unviolatable. <laughs> You'll and, get it. And, You're Dick Morris. And, and it's, uh, and, and it's just 
horrible that it's been set here. You know, in these banana republics in South America, you lose an election, you go right to jail. Or they shoot you. Um, <laughs> Menem, who was the president of Argentina for eight years, was put under house arrest for eight years right. after he lost the election. There were snickers in Argentina, by the way, because his girlfriend at the time was Miss Universe, and he was locked into house arrest with Miss Universe. Oh, <laughs> oh gee. Some people said, oh, gee, and other people said, have you ever talked to this woman? Ah. <laughs> you know that this is cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we'll be back. This is the Dick Morris Show. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. You're Let's go to George in New York. Uh, hi, uh, Mr. Morris. Uh, hey, so I'm concerned about uh, mayhem that will occur on Tuesday at the indictment, and I believe this would be made by the, in, in, by the left uh, yep. trying to create an impression here, okay? Yes. Uh, you know, something like what happened yep. in January 6th here, yep. and then basically... You're absolutely right, George, and, and I was just about to talk about that. Uh, I believe that there is a very good chance, in fact, I would tend to say a likelihood, that the reason they chose to do this indictment first is that it's in New York. It will involve the criminal action against Trump where he's got to go into surrender, uh, be photographed, be fingerprinted, maybe hand handcuffs. I don't think so. That's disgusting. But it's in New York. It's in Manhattan. It's like indicting God in hell. <laughs> All oh of Lucifer's people are there already. Oh, my God. And... Uh, the, the chances of a riot here are enormous. Uh, and I'm thankful that the cops are called out. I like that Hochul offered the National Guard. But look, I believe the Democrats campaigned for a year about the January 6th protests. And they're planning to do the same thing right. now off the uh, protests that are going to come out on April 4th. And they're going to make April 4th, is that the date, a day along with January 6th. Their whole thesis is that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. <laughs> Their whole view is that when he denied the election results uh, and when he threatened not to abide by them, uh, or they claim he did, that this was a threat to democracy and that Trump uh, wants to impose a dictatorial government in the U.S. And his people uh, want to be involved in a coup and an armed revolution. And January 6th, they claim, was the start of that, and they nipped it in the bud. And now they're going to take what we're going to do on April 4th, they hope we're going to do, and use that against us. I have begged and pleaded with the president literally 10 times. At least 10 to, times. I told him last night, I said, you've gained five points from this. Don't give it back by having a riot on this day. Don't even and, come out. And he said, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, it's out of my hands. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to go and do what I'm supposed to do. And I've kept saying, you've got to get on the air and tell people stay home. Evil. You've got to say that you come out and you have a little sign and you're nonviolent and you're staying on the corner. One of our callers said this yeah. and says, Donald Trump for president. 
Well, that's incendiary right now. You'll have a whole car load will pull up of Antifa people, and they'll pile out, rip up the sign, and beat you up. And you'll fight, and others will jump in to defend you. And before you know it, you have a riot, tear gas, cops, arrests, and an insurrection in the dogma of the left. That is the real danger here. The real danger here is not that Trump is going to be convicted or go to jail but that this will be an incident that they will distort, blow out of all proportion, and use to try to uh, create the impression that Trump is a threat to democracy. And uh, it'll be an issue they could talk about the whole campaign. And they'll have videos of it. They'll have testimony. They, uh, they probably hope somebody gets killed, and they can really go to town with this. Speaking of video... And I know the answer because we talked about this, but I think you should talk about it on, on the air. Why can't they or try to indict him video, you know, Because virtual. they want the riot. Right. They want the perp walk. That's the point. But. Not, not the perp walk. Perp walk is to embarrass Trump, and he's not going to be embarrassed. They want the people. To they be. want a riot. But let me ask you this, my question. Is there, there's no precedent because this is the first time this is happening. To do that, you know, for the yeah, lawyers to do it and for the judge to have to do it, there's not a precedent set, yeah, though. That's I, the problem. I, I think there is. I'm not sure the yeah. right to confront your accuser in, in person is in the Constitution, but I think you can waive that. But um, the whole point of this thing is to cause a riot. Now, this is WABC, and obviously it's a ma- the, one of the major stations in New York and one of the few conservative stations. So I'm probably speaking right now to a goodly percentage of the people who might show up to demonstrate. So please don't. And please don't. Please stay the hell home. Right. Call your friends. Let's hear what Simon and Garfunkel have to say about this. Please just stay home. Please just stay home. Yeah. Because you know home. that if you want to reelect Joe Biden, if you want the right, Democratic Party <laughs> to rule the country, come out and vent your anger. Right. And, and you, know, you know, get your rocks off. Right. Buy, yell buy at somebody and, right. you know, take a picket sign and do whatever you want with it. But not if you like Trump. But if you want this country to be saved and you're a genuine patriot, stay the hell Home. Please just stay I just got home. word that the New York Young Republican Club is having a rally uh, in Lower Manhattan at noon on Tuesday. It's Please horrible. Not. And there's a rumor that they said that Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman, is planning to speak there. What a horrible, horrible thing. Anybody who does that is deliberately trying to elect the Democratic Party. Right. Just trying to amp everyone up. And you may not think you're doing anything by sitting on your butt, but you would say blow for liberty and uh, being quiet during this. Now, the next day, the next week, the next month, raise all the hell you want to. Uh, Go to rallies, go berserk, but not while he's being indicted. Not, not, not. Because, of course, they're going to blame him. Let's go to Ann in New York. Hi, Ann. Oh, hi. Um, I was my belief. I work for law enforcement is that Trump 
should stay home, like the Simon and Garfunkel, Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah. But why is he even going? What? I, I can't well, see that any I, good will come I don't, of it. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if he has the option of not going. I was just going to ask this. But, uh, with the legality. But I think his view is that he has to be, uh, he has to have dignity and confront this and stature and not let them do it in the dark. I think he feels this is an outrage, this is an unbelievable indignity, and that in a sense he has to suffer it in public for people to understand it. Um, I'm, as Palm you know, Sunday, I, right? Yeah, I just went to Palm Sunday services yeah, this morning. We did. With, with Doug. And the idea that Jesus Christ had to go through a trial, had to be scourged, whipped, had to carry a huge cross up a hill, uh, up a, up a <sighs> steep hill, uh, had to have a crown of thorns on his head, had to be spat upon, ridiculed, and mocked. Uh, My God. In order for people to understand what he was going through, uh, in order to die for our sins. And I'm not suggesting that you necessarily agree with my theological view of it, but the metaphor here is profound. Uh, Trump needs to go through this to show people how much the Democratic Party will do, how far they will go, how crazy they are. But let him do that in dignity alone without a howling mob out there. Right. So that it doesn't become an act of dignity or grace on Trump's part. Or a mob riot. But becomes simply an incitement to riot. And happy Palm Sunday to everyone, by the way. happy Palm Sunday. So uh, we'll be back and we'll talk about the impact of this on the other Republican candidates. This is the Dick Morris Show. This is the Dick Morris Show. That's funny. It was like 50 years ago, this song, but now the cloud is the yeah, cloud. Or, that's, you right. Know. that's right. And, uh, you know, every candidate needs a runway to launch their candidacy. And now there is none. Uh, you can't, you can't get up to flight speed. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. accelerate to the point where you could have liftoff. Right. So I believe that the effect of this indictment will be that Donald Trump will not have a primary. I believe he'll be the nominee of the Republican Party by acclamation. Now, you'll probably have some idiot like Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney yeah, jumping in two, two just votes. so they can get a vote. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that the, that for all practical purposes, this is giving Trump very possibly a lock on the nomination. Now, there are still four cases to go. There's the Georgia case, uh, there's the, uh, apps, the, uh, archive case, uh, and there are the cases related to the civil proceedings in New York. But none of those cases are going to stick. And, uh, you know, th- there are all kinds of impediments. You, The Georgia case where he's accused of interfering with the election process, um, the problem is that the chairwoman of the grand jury gave wrote a book or a big interview with the media <laughs> about the whole process and about how uh, that important it was to get Trump. And uh, she totally screwed the entire process. Oh, my God. A little uh, bit of a conflict everybody, of interest. You can't possibly 
not sustain a motion to dismiss based on that. Can't possibly. The whole thing is gone. It was bull to begin with, the idea that when he called the Secretary of State of the state and said, can you find more votes that you haven't counted? Well, that was an appropriate thing to say. Yeah, right. uh, you know, your job is to find the votes. Right, right. Uh, and he wasn't saying make them up. But uh, don't find them behind the, the, the kitchen counter. Yeah, but the but the uh, whether it was flawed or not in the first place, it certainly cannot be prosecuted now. Um, and and then the case about charitable gifts, okay, but what about Joe Biden now, who has the same stuff? And Mike Pence had the same stuff. And then the U.S. attorney would be taking the view that oh. We're not prosecuting him for not turning over the archive documents. Because Bush did that. Biden did that. We're prosecuting him for obstructing the investigation into whether or not he had classified documents there. Because we asked him if he did. He said yes, and he gave us a big pile. And then we searched and we found there were more documents he didn't list. And that on that theory of obstruction... They're supposed to indict, convict the president, former president. That ain't going to happen. And uh, there are even speculation that Obama has even more records than any of those. And Oh, uh, you can't touch him. Oh, and, no. And everybody, they're not going near this case. And the civil charges in New York. Well, that's the reason why they're not going near yeah. the case, because everybody else, Biden, Obama, yeah, they all that's it. the only reason. That's, oh, they would. They'd love it. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. And the, the only, and then the, the um, other case about the civil case, the charge there is that Trump made a loan application, and he overstated the value of his assets, and he underst- understated the value of the liabilities he had. So he overstated his net worth, Okay. Well, that's the bank's problem. He sent this into the bank. The bank reviewed it. The bank made the loan. Trump is repaying the loan, but they're saying the ah, bank shouldn't. Well, the bank should, isn't just the bank objecting. We're objecting in the name of the taxpayer because of this <laughs> gross miscarriage of justice. Come on. So none of these indictments mean anything, and um, and they're all going to be prejudiced by the Stormy Daniels case going first. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Hi, Tony. Hi, guys. You know, Hi, I'm Tony. really excited because the polls are going up, and I think I think knowing that he'll just be the nominee just excites me. Yep. But I'm a historian, and I love history. And I, one of my favorite presidents was Ulysses Grant. And right. you know, of course, I look through history to see if this ever happened, and. Grant is just such a proponent, Dick, of what you're saying, because there was an incident in history where Grant was uh, president and he loved to ride racehorses. I'm just reading. And he was riding through Washington, D.C. when he was stopped by a police officer. And Grant was uh, given a warning and he was he promised not to do it again. Um, and the next day he was riding and he was stopped by the officer again. And this time the officer West um, arrested Grant and he took him to the police station where Grant paid the fine. And the arrest wasn't really? controversial at the time. because I do Grant not know that story. Neither. That, that, so thanks for informing me. I'll look it up. I did not know that story. 
but like I said, no other president has been uh, criminally charged with anything, uh, despite some who deserved it. Yeah. But thanks for the insight, Tony. I appreciate that. Let's go to Mario in Manhattan. Hey, Mario. Jake, Hi, Mario. Comical Italian sidekick. God bless you both. You do great yeah. service. Happy grazie, Palm grazie. Sunday. And the bottom line is this. It's 2,023 years ago, our Lord Jesus Christ, human body was sacrificed for the sins of the world and for salvation through him. And yet, of course, Donald Trump is not Jesus Christ. He professes right. to believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe that Donald Trump, for the most part, believes in Jesus Christ. He does. But the bottom line is, is that this is so similar and it's so blatant and it's really? so disgusting. It's expired. Yeah. It's statute of limitations. The chief witness is a stooge and a liar and a convicted felon. It's yeah. federal level and it's not even a crime. It's immoral, but it's not a criminal charge. Yeah. This is you know, so disgusting. Right. You know, Mario, it's it's interesting that how these things occur on anniversaries. Uh, this is occurring during the Paschal week and um, the the indictment and everything. This is the week that Christ was tried, convicted, uh, crucified, and on Friday died. Um, there's a metaphor that comes to mind. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated on Good Friday. He was. The, on Good Friday, uh, after he had just won the Civil War. Do you think it's slaves. a divine evil thing going on? Well, I don't know, but it certainly is there and mm-hmm. certainly is is worth thinking about. But, look, I think the only aspect of Jesus that Donald Trump wants to emulate is the miracle working part <laughs> and the healing part. I, I don't think he has in mind the crucified part. <laughs> He's already being crucified yeah. a little at a time. Right. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Hey, Joe. Yeah, how you doing, Dick? Please Good. let me get my whole question out because I got cut off last week because of time. This is the most important subject here, and nobody's talking about this. Universal mail-in voting, if that is allowed to happen, we will lose. Please let me get this out. This, it's not talking about fraud. They have a ballot harvesting uh, mechanism in place that even legally they'll beat us with universal. And we lost the day that they allowed that, and they did allow that illegally. So, and the last four digits of the Social Security number is not going to work, Dick. I was a fraud investigator. You could get that from people on the Internet. But I'm not even talking about getting the cheating. It's legally they'll beat us because they have an operation in place where they go into nursing homes, they go into places, and they come up with, even legally, they correct the ballots. As long as there's ballot harvesting, this universal, it has to stop. And I see no effort of the Republican Party stopping it because it's the most important election to get our country back ever. Okay, and nobody's Jill, addressing this. I'd let you talk, and I appreciate the point. Um, and what you say certainly has some merit to it. But uh, first I'd point out that we have our couch potatoes too. And they have nursing homes. Uh, we have uh, veterans, veterans places. Churches. We have churches. Yeah. We have community groups. We have places we can go to get our couch potatoes. Gun shops. <laughs> yeah, gun shops, right. Uh, target practice ranges. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, hunt, uh, sure. Hunting field and stream stuff. And um, we have places we can go to. And uh, <clears throat> the Democrats worked like hell and increased the turnout by 15 million votes for the Democrats. 
we worked like hell and we increased it by 11 million votes. Those That's are good. both okay. historic, unbelievable numbers. Um, to give you a flavor, that increase of about 20 million in the vote raised the total number of voters in the U.S. from 145 to 165 million in one year, that order of magnitude. But we have our couch potatoes, and we can get mail-in votes too. The fraud that takes place is with drop boxes. It's a federal felony to interfere with a postal office, to reach into a post office box or to screw with it in some way. But the drop boxes, you can do anything you want to. There's no legal protection there. So we have to distinguish between mail-in voting and drop boxes. It is not politically feasible for us to repeal mail-in voting. It will never pass Um, because people will say, well, why should I have to go in and vote? And uh, That's already done. So, so, But we can beat them at mail-in voting. Uh, And early voting, we can beat them at that. Uh, We just have to get our people to realize that the days when you could sit back and say, I'll vote on Election Day in person, are are basically over. And the reason they're over is not because of democratic fraud especially. It's the increased population and the increased vote. Mm. I mean, there are only a certain number of hours in a day on Election Day. To get X amount of people and instead into of, the thing. Instead oh. of getting 100 million people voted in 1996, 165 million people voted in 2020. Wow. So you got to fit those extra 65 million into the lines, into the blocks, into the polling places, and you have to do it starting at 6 or 7 a.m. and ending at 9 or right, 10 p.m. Right, right, right. And how are you going to do that? Uh, it makes perfect sense to have mail-in voting. I think and, you're right. And it makes I perfect right. sense to have early voting. You know, the days when we all have nine-to-five jobs and we can take Election Day off, those also are gone. Uh, this is all anachronistic. Sure. Uh, we can play this game as well as they can. We can well, I don't know about that. The, the Democrats have an unbelievable yeah, machine. So we'll, so we'll have an unbelievable machine. We, we have got, to go build one. That's right. And we have to have it. And we have the raw material for it. We have more than enough enthusiastic volunteers. Now we do. We have more than enough locations where we can go to harvest. Knocking on doors is an equal opportunity employer. And there is no reason why we can't do it except tradition and suspicion of fraud. But suspicion of fraud is appropriate with drop boxes, but not with mailboxes. Right. And there is a vast difference between them. If someone other than a sort than a postal employee opens a mailbox, they could go to jail for significant sure. periods it's of federal, time. Federal, federal, right? Sure. So they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, do not discourage mail-in voting. Use it. Participate in it. Lastly, let's go to Carol on Long Island. Hi, Carol. Hi, Mr. Morris. Just very quickly, could they, Could uh, when I put the TV on the other day, they had like six charges that supposedly were in the indictment. Could he be lumping Letitia James's charges into that charge? No, Letitia James stuff is civil. Uh, and okay. I don't think they have a criminal hook. But on the other hand, your point is right. There are, I think, 34 counts in this indictment. And Bragg, for some reason, has not released the indictment. He has the whole country talking about it. Everybody's into it. But he won't tell us what he's indicting the guy for. And uh, and we have uh, – it's entirely possible that there's a snake hidden in the, under the boulder of those indictments. We won't know until Tuesday. 
But remember, stay home, everyone, please, on Tuesday. But it is now or never. Stay home. Thank you, folks. Thank you. It's an honor, Mr. Morris. My love this is the Dick Morris Show. Mm-hmm. And obviously Hillary Clinton scooted very close to oh it my God. many times. The And none of them were indicted. So this precedent is is generally inval, inval, in, unviable, unviolatable. <laughs> You'll and, get it. And, You're Dick Morris. And, and, it's, uh, and, and it's just horrible that it's been set here. You know, in these banana republics in South America, you lose an election, you go right to jail. Or they shoot you. Um, <laughs> Menem, who was the president of Argentina for eight years, was put under house arrest for eight years right. after he lost the election. There were snickers in Argentina, by the way, because his girlfriend at the time was Miss Universe, and he was locked into house arrest with Miss Universe. Oh, <laughs> oh gee. Some people said, oh, gee, and other people said, have you ever talked to this woman? Ah. <laughs> you know that this is cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we'll be back. This is the Dick Morris Show. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Let's go to George in New York. Uh, Hi, uh, Mr. Morris. Uh, So I'm concerned about uh, mayhem that will occur on Tuesday at the indictment, and I believe this would be made by the, in, in, by the left uh, trying to create an impression here, okay? Yes. Uh, you know, something like what happened yep. in January 6th here, yeah. and then basically... You're absolutely right, George, and I was just about to talk to about that. Uh, I believe that there is a very good chance, in fact, I would tend to say a likelihood, that the reason they chose to do this indictment first is that it's in New York. It will involve the criminal action against Trump where he's got to go into surrender, uh, be photographed, be fingerprinted, maybe hand handcuffs. I don't think so. That's disgusting. But it's in New York. It's in Manhattan. It's like indicting God in hell. <laughs> All oh of Lucifer's people are there already. Oh, my God. And... Uh, the, the chances of a riot here are enormous, uh, and I'm thankful that the cops are called out. I like that Hochul offered the National Guard. But look, I believe the Democrats campaigned for a year about the January 6th protests, and they're planning to do the same thing right. now off the uh, protests that are going to come out on April 4th. They're going to make April 4th, is that the day, a day along with January 6th. Their whole thesis is that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. (laughs) Their whole view is that when he denied the election results uh, and when he threatened not to abide by them, uh, or they claim he did, that this was a threat to democracy and that Trump uh, wants to impose a dictatorial government in the U.S. And his people uh, want to be involved in a coup and an armed revolution. And January 6th, they claim, was the start of that, and they nipped it in the bud. And now they're going to take what we're going to do on April 4th, they hope we're going to do, and use that against us. 
I have begged and pleaded with the president literally ten times. At least ten to, times. I told him last night, I said, you gained five points from this. Don't give it back by having a riot on this day. Don't even and, come out. And he said, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, it's out of my hands. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to go and do what I'm supposed to do. And I've kept saying, you've got to get on the air and tell people stay home. You've got to say that you come out and you have a little sign and you're nonviolent and you're staying on a corner. One of our callers said this and says, Donald Trump for president. Well, that's incendiary right now. You'll have a whole car load of pull up of Antifa people and they'll pile out, rip up the sign and beat you up. And you'll fight and others will jump in to defend you. And before you know it, you have a riot, tear gas, cops, arrests and an insurrection in the dogma of the left. That is the real danger here. The real danger here is not that Trump is going to be convicted or go to jail but that this will be an incident that they will distort, blow out of all proportion, and use to try to uh, create the impression that Trump is a threat to democracy. And uh, it'll be an issue they could talk about the whole campaign. And they'll have videos of it. They'll have testimony. They, uh, they probably hope somebody gets killed, and they can really go to town with this. Speaking of video... And I know the answer because we've talked about this, but I think you should talk about it on, on the air. Why can't they or try to indict him video, you know, Because virtual. they want the riot. Right. They want the perp walk. That's the point. But. Not, not the perp walk. Perp walk is to embarrass Trump and he's not going to be embarrassed. They want the people to. They want a riot. But let me ask you this, my question. Is there, there's no precedent because this is the first time this is happening. To do that, you know, for the yeah, lawyers to do it and for the judge to have to do it, there's not a precedent set, yeah, though. That's I, the problem. I, I think there is. I'm not sure the right to confront your accuser in, in person is in the Constitution, but I think you can waive that. But um, the whole point of this thing is to cause a riot. Now, this is WABC, and obviously it's a ma- the, one of the major stations in New York and one of the few conservative stations. So I'm probably speaking right now to a goodly percentage of the people yes. who might show up to demonstrate. So please don't. And please don't. Please stay the hell home. Right. Call your friends. Let's hear what Simon and Garfunkel have to say about this. I wish I was home Please just stay home. Please just stay home. Yeah, because you know home. That if you want to reelect Joe Biden, if you want the right, Democratic Party <laughs> to rule the country, come out and vent your anger. Right, and, and you, know, you know, get your rocks off. Right, Biden, yell Biden at somebody and right. you know, take a picket sign and do whatever you want with it. But not if you like Trump. But if you want this country to be saved and you're a genuine patriot, stay the hell. Home. Please just stay I just got home. word that the New York Young Republican Club is having a rally uh, in Lower Manhattan at noon on Tuesday. It's Please horrible. And there's a rumor that they said that Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman, is planning to speak there. What a horrible, horrible thing. Anybody who does that is deliberately trying to elect the Democratic Party. Right. 
Just trying to amp everyone, everyone up. Amp and you may up. not think you're doing anything by sitting on your butt, but you would say, blow for liberty and uh, being quiet during this. Now, the next day, the next week, the right. next month, raise all the hell you want to. Uh, go to rallies, right. go berserk, but not while he's being indicted. Not, not, not. Because, right. uh, of course, they're going to blame him. Let's go to Ann in New York. Hi, Ann. Hi, Ann. Oh, hi. Um, I was, my belief, I work for law enforcement, is that Trump should stay home, like the Simon and Garfunkel, Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah. But why is he even going? What? I, I can't well, see that any I, good will come I don't, of it. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if he has the option of not going. I was just going to ask his but, uh, with the legality. But I think his view is that he has to be, uh, he has to have dignity and confront this and stature and not let them do it in the dark. I think he feels this is an outrage, this is an unbelievable indignity, and that in a sense he has to suffer it in public for people to understand it. Um, I'm, Palm you know, Sunday, I, right? Yeah, I just went to Palm Sunday services right. this morning. We did. With, with Doug. And the idea that Jesus Christ had to go through a trial, had to be scourged, whipped, had to carry a huge cross up a hill, uh, up a, up a <sighs> steep hill, uh, had to have a crown of thorns on his head, had to be spat upon, ridiculed, and mocked. Uh, My God. In order for people to understand what he was going through, uh, in order to die for our sins. And I'm not suggesting that you necessarily agree with my theological view of it, but the metaphor here is profound. Uh, Trump needs to go through this to show people how much the Democratic Party will do, how far they will go, how crazy they are. But let him do that in dignity alone without a howling mob out there. Right. So that it doesn't become an act of dignity or grace on Trump's part. Or a mob riot. But becomes simply an incitement to riot. And happy Palm Sunday to everyone, by the way. Happy Palm Sunday. So uh, we'll be back and we'll talk about the impact of this on the other Republican candidates. This is the Dick Morris Show. This is the Dick Morris Show. That's funny. It was like 50 years ago, the song, but now the cloud is the cloud. Yeah, that's, or, you right. Know. that's right. And, uh, you know, every candidate needs a runway to launch their candidacy. And now there is none. Uh, you can't, you can't get up to flight speed. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. accelerate to the point where you could have liftoff. Right. So I believe that the effect of this indictment will be that Donald Trump will not have a primary. I believe he'll be the nominee of the Republican Party by acclamation. Now, you'll probably have some idiot like Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney yeah, jumping in two, two just votes. so they can get a vote. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that the, that for all practical purposes, this is giving Trump very possibly a lock on the nomination. Now, there are still four cases to go. There's the Georgia case, uh, there's the, uh, the, uh, archive case, 
uh, and there are the cases related to the civil proceedings in New York, but none of those cases are going to stick. And, uh, you know, there are all kinds of impediments. You, the Georgia case where he's accused of interfering with the election process, um, the problem is that the chairwoman of the grand jury gave, wrote a book or a big interview with the media <laughs> about the whole process and about how uh, very important it was to get Trump. And uh, she totally screwed the entire process. Oh, my God. A little uh, bit of a everybody, of You can't possibly not sustain a motion to dismiss based on that. Can't possibly. The whole thing is gone. It was bull to begin with, the idea that when he called the Secretary of State of the state and said, can you find more votes that you haven't counted? Well, that was an appropriate thing to say. Yeah, right. uh, you know, your job is to find the votes. Right, right. Uh, and he wasn't saying make them up. But uh, I don't find them behind the, the, the kitchen counter. Yeah, but the but the uh, whether it was flawed or not in the first place, it certainly cannot be prosecuted now. Um, and and then the case about charitable gifts, okay, but what about Joe Biden? Now, who has the same stuff? And Mike Pence had the same stuff. And then the U.S. attorney would be taking the view that oh. We're not prosecuting him for not turning over the archive documents. Because Bush did that. Biden did that. We're prosecuting him for obstructing the investigation into whether or not he had classified documents there. Because we asked him if he did. He said yes, and he gave us a big pile. And then we searched and we found there were more documents he didn't list. And that on that theory of obstruction... They're supposed to indict, convict the president, former president. That ain't going to happen. And uh, there are even speculation that Obama has even more records than any of those. And Oh, uh, you can't touch him. Oh, and, no. And everybody, they're not going near this case. And the civil charges in New York. Well, that's the reason why they're not going near yeah. the case, because everybody else, Biden, Obama, yeah, they all did that's it. the only reason. That's, oh, they would. They'd love it. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. And the, the only, and then the, the um, other case about the civil case, the charge there is that Trump made a loan application, and he overstated the value of his assets, and he underst- understated the value of the liabilities he had. So he overstated his net worth, Okay. Well, that's the bank's problem. He sent this into the bank. The bank reviewed it. The bank made the loan. Trump is repaying the loan, but they're saying ah, the bank shouldn't. Well, the bank sh- it isn't just the bank objecting. We're objecting in the name of the taxpayer because of this <laughs> gross miscarriage of justice. Come on. So none of these indictments mean anything, and um, and they're all going to be prejudiced by the Stormy Daniels case going first. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Hi, Tony. Hi, guys. You know, Hi, I'm Tony. really excited because the polls are going up, and I think I think knowing that he'll just be the nominee just excites me. Yep. But I'm a historian, and I love history. And I, one of my favorite presidents was Ulysses Grant. And right. you know, of course, I look through history to see if this ever happened, and. Grant is just such a proponent, Dick, of what you're saying, because there was an incident in history where Grant was 
uh, president and he loved to ride racehorses. I'm just reading. And he was riding through Washington, D.C. when he was stopped by a police officer. And Grant was uh, given a warning and he was he promised not to do it again. Um, And the next day he was riding and he was stopped by the officer again. And this time the officer West um, arrested Grant and he took him to the police station where Grant paid the fine. And the arrest wasn't really? controversial at the time. because I Grant did not know that West. story. I that, that, so thanks for informing me. I'll look it up. I did not know that story. Uh, but like I said, no other president has been uh, criminally charged with anything, uh, despite some who deserved it. Yeah. But thanks for the insight, Tony. I appreciate that. Let's go to Mario in Manhattan. Hey, Mario. Jack, Hi, Mario. Happy, uh, comical Italian sidekick. God bless you both. You do a great yeah. service. Happy grazie, grazie. Sunday. And the bottom line is this. It, 2,023 years ago, our Lord Jesus Christ, human body was sacrificed for the sins of the world and for salvation through him. And yet, of course, Donald Trump is not Jesus Christ. He professes right. to believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe that Donald Trump, for the most part, believes in Jesus Christ. He does. The bottom line is, is that this is so similar and it's so blatant and it's really? so disgusting. It's expired. Yeah. It's statute of limitations. The chief witness is a stooge and a liar and a convicted felon. It's yeah. federal level and it's not even a crime. It's immoral, but it's not a criminal charge. Yeah. This you is know, so disgusting. Right. You know, Mario, it's it's interesting that how these things occur on anniversaries. Uh, this is occurring during the Paschal week and um, the the indictment and everything. This is the week that Christ was tried, convicted, uh, crucified, and on Friday died. Um, there's a metaphor that comes to mind. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated on Good Friday. He was. At the, on Good Friday. Uh, after he had just won the Civil War, freed the slaves. Do you think it's a, a divine evil thing going on? Well, I don't know, but it certainly is there and mm-hmm. certainly is is worth thinking about. But, look, I think the only aspect of Jesus that Donald Trump wants to emulate is the miracle-working part <laughs> and the healing part. I, I don't think he has in mind the crucified part. <laughs> He's already being crucified yeah. a little at a time. Right. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Hey, Joe. Yeah, how you doing, Dick? Please Good. let me get my whole question out because I got cut off last week because of time. This is the most important subject here, and nobody's talking about this. Universal mail-in voting, if that is allowed to happen, we will lose. Please let me get this out. This It's not talking about fraud. They have a ballot harvesting uh, mechanism in place that even legally they'll beat us with universal. And we lost the day that they allowed that, and they did allow that illegally. And the last four digits of the Social Security number is not going to work, Dick. I was a fraud investigator. You could get that from people on the Internet. But I'm not even talking about getting the cheating. It's legally they'll beat us because they have an operation in place where they go into nursing homes. They go into places and they come up with even legally they correct the ballots. As long as there's ballot harvesting, this universal, it has to stop. And I see no effort of the Republican Party stopping it because it's the most important election to get our country back ever. Okay, and nobody's Joe, addressing this. I'd let you talk, and I appreciate the point. Um, and what you say certainly has some merit to it. Uh, 
But uh, first I'd point out that we have our couch potatoes too. And they have nursing homes. Uh, we have uh, veterans, veterans places. Churches. We have churches. Yeah. We have community groups. We have places we can go to get our couch potatoes. Gun shops. <laughs> yeah, gun shops, right. Uh, target practice ranges, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hunt, uh, hunting field and stream stuff. And um, we have places we can go to. And uh, <clears throat> the Democrats worked like hell and increased the turnout by 15 million votes for the Democrats. We worked like hell, and we increased it by 11 million votes. Those are both historic, unbelievable numbers. Um, To give you a flavor, that increase of about 20 million in the vote raised the total number of voters in the U.S. from 145 to 165 million in one year, that order of magnitude. But we have our couch potatoes, and we can get mail-in votes too. The fraud that takes place is with drop boxes. It's a federal felony to interfere with a postal office, to reach into a post office box or to screw with but it in some way. But the drop boxes are private. But the drop boxes, you can do anything you want to. There's no legal protection there. So we have to distinguish between mail-in voting and drop boxes. It is not politically feasible for us to repeal mail-in voting. It will never pass right. um, because people will say, well, why should I have to go in and vote? And, uh, That's already done. So, so, but we can beat them at mail-in voting, uh, and early voting. We can beat them at that. Uh, we just have to get our people to realize that the days when you could sit back and say, "I'll vote on election day in person," are, are basically over. over. Yeah. And the reason they're over is not because of democratic fraud, especially. It's the increased population, the increased vote. Mm. I mean, the only certain number of hours in a day. On election day. To get X amount of people and instead into of, the thing. Instead yeah. of getting 100 million people voted in 1996, 165 million people voted in 2020. Wow. So you gotta fit those extra 65 million into the lines, into the blocks, into the polling places, and you have to do it starting at 6 or 7 a.m. and ending at 9 or 10 right, p.m. Right, 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 right. And how are you gonna do that? Uh, it makes perfect sense to have mail-in voting. I think and, you're right. And it makes I perfect right. sense to have early voting. You know, the days when we all have nine-to-five jobs and we can take election day off, those also are gone. Uh, this is all anachronistic. Sure. Uh, we can play this game as well as they can. We can well, I don't know about that. The, the Democrats have an unbelievable yeah, machine. So we'll, so we'll have an unbelievable machine. We, we have got, to go build one. That's right. And we have to have it. And we have the raw material for it. We have more than enough enthusiastic volunteers. Now we do. We have more than enough locations where we can go to harvest. Knocking on doors is an equal opportunity employer. And there is no reason why we can't do it except tradition and suspicion of fraud. But suspicion of fraud is appropriate with drop boxes, but not with mailboxes. Right. And there is a vast difference between them. If someone other than a surf, than a postal employee opens a mailbox, they could go to jail for significant sure. periods of federal, time. Federal, right? Sure. So they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, do not discourage mail-in voting. Use it. Participate in it. Right. Lastly, let's go to Carol on Long Island. Hi, Carol. Hi, Mr. Morris. Just very quickly, 
could they could uh, when I put the TV on the other day, they had like six charges that supposedly were in the indictment. Could yeah. he be lumping Letitia James's charges into that charge? No, Letitia James stuff is civil. Uh, and okay. I don't think they have a criminal hook. But on the other hand, your point is right. There were, I think, 34 counts in this indictment. And Bragg, for some reason, has not released the indictment. He has the whole country talking about it. Everybody's into it. But he won't tell us what he's indicting the guy for. And uh, and we have, uh, it's entirely possible that there's a snake hidden in the, under the boulder of those indictments. We won't know until Tuesday. But Just remember, is, stay home, everyone, please, on Tuesday. But it is now or never. Stay home. Thank you, folks. Thank you. It's an honor, Mr. Morris. My this is the Dick Morris Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.